Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. We're going to talk about purpose. There's a, there's a purpose for your life, or maybe more than one purpose for your life, because life has seasons. But I do believe this with all my heart, that inside every single one of us, there's purpose, right? And, 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 and life has a way of kind of like trying to quiet that voice in us. But, I, but I, I, I believe that God sets moments up like today in this season to reawaken that voice, to say dream again, believe again. You know, don't stop being that kid that believe anything is possible. Because it's still the same God. He still loves you. And he still has a plan for your life. Can you say amen? And to get us going, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to begin right in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. When God created humans, this, his, this was his heart desire for all of us. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God has a plan for you. He created you with purpose in mind. And I want to read one more scripture to you. If you have, again, it's summer school. I hope you're ready to, to do some, some digging here. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32, verse 39, God says this. It's powerful. The Bible says, and I will give them one heart and one, what's that word? Come on, can we say that together? One purpose to worship me forever for their own good. And for the good of all their descendants. Like your purpose is so powerful. It's not just about you. It's about your legacy to come. You know, we just got back from doing a funeral. Barbara's funeral. And the greatest thing that all of us can do with our lives is leave a legacy behind. And 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 I'm happy to say that Barbara left a legacy behind. A legacy to love God and love people. Like she really embraced what it means to love God and love people. And I even said that she to me is one of those people that as a pastor you dream of having. Someone who comes in and says, what can I do to help? How, how can I be of service? How can I be useful? And that's what God wants for all of us. So if you're taking notes tonight, I really do hope you take notes because you've got to wrestle with this stuff. I want you to wrestle with these things. I don't care how old you are. I don't, know, I don't care where you come from or where you've been. There's a purpose in you. And, and, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that we do, all of us have to work. All of us have to work to make a living. But we all need a calling to make our work worth it. All of us have to work to make a living, but we all need a calling. There's a difference between a calling and a job. Sometimes they're the same. But a lot of times they're not. Because a lot of times you just have to make a living. But making a living does not mean you're in your calling. 
right? We don't want to just make a living, right? We want to make a difference, right? Isn't that what we just heard from these people up here? We want to make a difference. To be a head football coach, I think it's an awesome dream to have because the impact you can have by being a coach is incredible. I see myself as a spiritual coach. That's how I see this thing, you know, that, that, that we're, we're here not to just make a living. We're here to make a difference. And it's amazing how much we're longing for this. Did you know this, that next to the Bible, the second most bestseller book in the entire world is the book Purpose Driven Life? It's so millions all over the world. And it's been translated in so many different languages. Why? Because people are hungry for purpose. And the subtitle of that book is, is basically, why am I here on earth? What is the point of my life? And, and when it came out maybe 10, 15 years ago, man, it caught fire. People, everybody was reading it. Oprah was reading it. Tiger Woods was reading it. I mean, it was all over the place. Why? Because we have that longing. Like, what's the point? Why am I here? If you never read that book, I highly encourage you to pick up that book, Purpose Driven Life. Now, let's talk a little bit about, about this calling. Again, if you're taking notes, a calling is not confined to a nine-to-five schedule. When you have a calling, it's with you all the time. Right? A calling does not have a schedule. Why? Because it's a passion. It burns inside of you. Right? Again, to go back to Sam's dream, to be a head coach, you know, head coaches don't stop being head coaches in the offseason. They're still head coaches. They're still, you know, drawing plans. They're still scouting. They're still trying to make their teams better. Why? Because it's a calling. Right? It's different than just having a nine-to-five. And it's interesting. When you study scriptures, majority of the people that God uses in scriptures had a job and a calling. Right? So this is not about being in full-time ministry per se. This is about where your heart is. Right? And, 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 and you, you can start from Genesis. Right? Moses was a, was a, was a shepherd with a calling. Abraham was a shepherd with a calling. David was a king with a calling. Right? And we can go on and on. Joseph, right, who was sold to slavery in a different nation, in a different nation as an immigrant, still had a calling. Daniel, in a different nation, had a calling. Right? Peter was a fisherman, but he had a calling to be a pastor. And we can go on and on. Paul, the greatest missionary that ever lived. Paul was a tent maker by trade, but he was a missionary by heart. Right? So all of us, yes, we have to work, but we also need to have a calling. And I believe that calling is right inside of you right now. Right? And it can change, it can shift, but at any given moment, I believe that there's a purpose that God wants to fulfill through you. And we see this throughout the scriptures. And so I believe that when Jesus comes into your life, one of the things that happens when Jesus comes into your life, he comes to disrupt the slumber. He comes to disrupt the status quo in you. I don't think Jesus just comes to save you to go to heaven. I believe Jesus comes to awaken your purpose. He wants to awaken the calling that he put deep down inside of you. Right? How do we have trees? We don't have trees that just show up. We have trees because we have seeds. The word of God is a seed. You know, everything that God does starts with a little seed in you. Right? And that seed begins to grow. As you take care of it, right? The Bible says as you water it, as you, as you, as you cultivate that seed, you begin to, begin to see 
that tree evolved. And the Bible actually compares our lives to a tree. In Psalm 1, it says, it says we're like a tree planted by the streams of water that continues to bear fruit. Right? We have a calling to bear fruit. To, in other words, to have purpose in life. And I want to show you uh, four things that the Bible makes it clear that God desires is four things for all of us. No matter where you come from, no matter where you've done, God's desire is for you to experience these four things as purpose. If you're taking notes, number one purpose that God has for every single person on the face of the planet is that God longs to have a relationship with all of us. Every single one of us. This is why I will always sound like a broken record when I say Jesus didn't mean to start a religion. That wasn't the plan. That wasn't the goal. We made it a religion. Jesus came to reestablish the relationship that we had with God in the garden when he said, let us make man in our image and likeness. Sin came and disrupted that. Jesus came to repair that relationship. That's why we call him the bridge. He came to say, no, we need to repair what was first there in the first place. That's why a lot of times the gospel, when people are preaching the gospel, they do it wrong. We always start with Genesis 3, and that's a problem. We always tell people what's wrong, but we never tell people what was right in the first place. You get what I'm saying? We always say, this is what's wrong with you, but it's like, no, tell them about the goodness of the Lord. Like, God loves you. And then Genesis 3 happened. Okay? Like, there's goodness in you that God wants to redeem, to restore. That's the whole point of redemption is to purchase back, to make you new again. Right? Because you were good. He said, when I created you, I created you good. Right? And a lot of times what we've made this thing is we like to, to, to shame people. But by doing that, you're neglecting the goodness that God put in you. Right? So there's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. To say, now, return back to who you're supposed to be in the first place. Right? Which is to have a close relationship with God. And, and, and to be able now to live in the fullness of that purpose that he created you to have in the first place. Because it's inside of you. Right? Sin wants to diminish you. To make you feel like you're just a failure you know, you, you, you're just weak. You know, you can't make it. You know, and then, and then on top of that, everybody else who is in sin will say the same things to us. And then we begin to believe it. And then we begin to settle. Right? The saddest thing about this life is to settle. I was telling them at the funeral today that the worst part is not dying. The worst part is not living. Because death is going to come. But can we live in the fullness of God's will? Can you say Amen. So he wants us to have this intimate relationship with him. And Jesus came to show us how to have an intimate relationship with God. And as we develop this relationship with God, then the, the second purpose will begin to take place. Which is, God wants us to be just like him. Character is the next thing that God wants to develop in us. You know, we have a ministry school in Smithfield that trains young people into ministry. And I always tell them this, guys, I hope you understand. You didn't come here for your talent. That's secondary. You came here for your character. God is way more concerned with shaping your character than it is shaping your talent. Because if you don't have character, your talent sooner or later is going to betray you. And we see that all the time in the, in the church world. People with amazing talent, but their character failed them. I told you this on Sunday. I don't want to be the best preacher. I, I want to be the most obedient preacher. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the most obedient person in the room. 
Because that way my character is being developed. And then God can trust me with some things. Right? Because he said, if I can trust you in the little things, then I can trust you in much bigger things. Right? And so character is the next thing that God wants to develop in all of us. And I love the scripture. Paul says this. Paul says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Image. Remember Genesis 1? Let us make man in our image. He's trying to restore us back to the beginning when we, was, we were good. And we were doing everything that he created us to do. That's the point of Christianity. That's why we can't reduce this thing to just Sunday mornings. Because if we do, then it's just a religion. It doesn't really impact my everyday. Never mind my purpose. Can you say amen? So the sinful, right, which is the self-centered element in our nature must be replaced by the holy, loving, and self-given nature of God. That's the image and likeness of God. That we would become selfless, that we will have purpose, and that we will contribute something to this, to this place, which is number three. The third thing that God wants to do with all of us is that God created us to share in this function of ruling the planet. That's what he told us from the beginning in Genesis 1. God created us to share in this function of ruling the planet. That's why... If you're not in your purpose, you're not adding anything to it. You need to be in your purpose. You need to be involved in the family business. Remember when Jesus was 12 years old, he said, I must be about my father's business. This is what he's talking about, the function of ruling, of being everything that God created us to be. So God's character is who we are, right? And God's function is what we do, right? Your identity will then determine what you do, your purpose. A lot of times in our society, we flip it. We say to people, what is it that you do? We don't say, who are you? Right? It's a sad reality that we, we, we're known by what we do. But the problem is, what you do, if it's not wrapped in the right identity, will crumble sooner or later. Right? If you don't know who you are... Right? This is why talent and character is, 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 so, is so powerful. Because if you don't know who you are as a talented person, you'll be in trouble. We see it all the time. These young kids that are getting famous because they have a talent, but they don't have the character to sustain them, they lose their minds. And they don't understand why they were given this platform in the first place. Like a great example of that right now is Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know if you follow his journey, but he's wrestling with who am I? Right? And he's really, he's really pursuing Jesus because he's starting to understand, wait, this platform, it's not just for fame. It's for me to do something useful with it. Right? So while these little kids are looking at him like, I want to be famous, I want to have you know, these many followers, he's thinking, man, I'm trying to figure out who am I? If you're paying close attention, that's the struggle of identity that he's having, and that identity will then affect his purpose. Right? And that, I'm just giving you an example of someone who's on a spotlight, which is very hard to do, to live your life on a spotlight like that. Pray for people like that. That's how we bash these people. We forget they're human beings. Just that they have a camera around them all the time. I would never want to live my life like that, with the camera following you around, because your character and your talent will begin to. You get what I'm saying? And so, and so we're called to have function. 
And, and the powerful thing that God says here, he said one of the functions is, is to subdue the earth. Right? The word subdue is powerful. He says you've got to conquer some things. It's actually a military word. Right? In other words, it's telling you that this function is not going to come easy. It's going to take some war. Right? Isn't it interesting? The moment you say, I'm going to step up and do something, everything seems to fall apart. Have you noticed that yet? Right? Why is that? Because we're in a warfare. Right? So it's not just going to lay down on your lap. Right? I tell people all the time, don't just come to church and think it's just going to lay on your lap. Like, you got to be in this thing. you got to want this thing. Right? Because the Bible says, draw near to God. God will draw near to you. Right? And, 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 and you have to have this warring spirit about you. If you're going to have a good marriage, you have to fight for it. Hey, Hollywood is lie to us. It doesn't just happen. Hey, they don't show you the reality that it takes work to have good marriage. It takes work to be a good parent. It takes work to be a good worker. <laughs> right? It takes work to have a healthy church. It doesn't just happen. Right? A lot of times I hear Christians say, you know, just rely on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit needs something to work with. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit's like, yo, give me something to work with. Remember Jesus was like, Any, anybody got fish or bread or anything like that? Like, give me something <laughs> that I can multiply. You get what I'm saying? That you got to bring something to the table, right, for God to be able to do something with it. It's a military word. It takes fight. And then number four is that God created us to be co-creators with him, which is mind-blowing to me. That God will create us with the ability to create. Right? He said, he said be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is not just physically, this is also spiritually. Throughout scriptures, you see that, that God says, now go and make more disciples. Right? Don't just make babies, make disciples. You know, like, in the physical part of it, I'm like, God, we're good. Five kids. Now, let's help, let's make disciples. <laughs> let's give some people the room to make physical babies. Let's make spiritual babies now. In this thing. All of us can play the role of being a creator. Now, a little bit deeper, physical, spiritual, but also the ability to create things with your hands and with your mind. Some of you are artists in the house, right? Anna says she wants to sing. That's a creative element that she has. Not all of us you sing. Let me be honest. That's why these guys work very hard. You don't, just, you don't just get up here. These guys work very hard every week to get up there because you have a creative element that needs to be worked out. You ever see people on, on, on American Idol, you're like, do you have friends? <laughs> like, how'd you get to that point? <laughs> no one told you, bro, you should sing in a shower. Some of us, like me, we should sing in a shower, and that's okay because there's other creative element that God wants to use in you. It may not be singing. And a lot of times the problem with creativity is we, get, we spend too much time looking at other people's creativity and trying to be other people as opposed to embrace what God has given us to work with. There's something in you to work. Tell your neighbor, work it. I don't know what you got. You got to work it. Because your life should be fruitful. You should produce something. Right? It is unacceptable for you to die and not produce anything. At least a child. Leave something behind. You know what I mean? Like, all of us should produce something. 
Because it's in you. God created you to create. You are a creator. Understand this. Uh, well, listen, we're all benefiting from people who create. Right? This is an amazing creation. Someone had to sit and think through this thing and fail and keep trying. And now, can you, can, this is crazy. My kids were asking me the other day because we were watching an old show. I love Lucy, right? <laughs> they had the phones on the house. My kids were like, Dad, did you have one of those phones <laughs> in the house? Like, like I'm a dinosaur. They're looking at me like. So I have to explain to them, yeah, everybody had a, had a line. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then we can go back to the, uh, remember that? I remember that. And then you got to wait. <laughs> you know, who would have thought we would have this in our hands? Right? And now we can't do anything without this thing. You get up and it's like attached to your hand now. So you get up, Facebook. Seven in the morning, you're on Facebook. Because <laughs> someone said, hey, we should have phones like this and you can activate Facebook on it. Right? It's, this, is, it's, this is creativity. Someone had to create that chair you were sitting on. Someone had to actually have a design for that chair. Someone says, we can do something better than the metallic stuff. Let's put some cushion on this thing. Let's make people comfortable. <laughs> you know, everything around us, the clothes you're wearing, someone had to think through that. We are amazing people. I'm telling you, humanity is incredible. We don't give humanity enough credit. Like, God, I think, looks at humanity and says, man, this is incredible. Look what we've done. <laughs> like, the ability to create. You ever, you ever watch the YouTube videos? People are awesome. You ever watch those people and what they can do on skateboards or surfing? It's ridiculous what people can do. You're like, that can't be done. But it was just done because people are creative. Right? You ever watch a good basketball player and you think, that's art. Like, I know you hate LeBron, but, man, what he's doing is unbelievable. I know you Celtics fans are haters, but you got to appreciate, man, the ability to do that at, at, at this age, 15 years into this. I was telling the young people in the church the other day, I said, man, this is the thing I want you to pay attention to. Forget if you don't like LeBron, his work ethic, you need that. Forget if you don't like Brady, but to be 40 and still feel like I can be better, that's something you should strive for. In whatever area you find yourself in, have that mindset. These guys are like, man, there's more in me. There's more in me. Like we just heard from some of these guys, there's more in me that needs to come out. Amen? So, so I want to just, just share with this with you. Listen, there's four things, right? They work like this. They work progressively and interdependent. Okay? It's a progressive thing, and they're all kind of intertwined together, these four purposes. So it's not like one, two, three, four. I'm talking, they're all progressive, and they're all interdependent. They all kind of help shape the other. Okay, let me make it clear. Your relationship with God is essential for you to develop, to develop the character that God wants you to have. Right? No relationship, no character. Right? I, I was joking about this on Sunday, but if you're going to date someone who doesn't love Jesus, what I'm saying is be careful with that worldview. Because sooner or later, it's going to reflect. I'm not trying to hate on your relationship. I'm saying be careful. Because you're going to open doors that you, maybe you don't want to open. Right? So relationship with God is essential for character development. And then character is the basis for function. Because if you don't have character, you don't show up to work on time. Hello now. 
That, we can make all the excuses in the world, but that's a lack of character. To not show up on, or, or just to keep your word. Right? The Bible says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Right? If you say you're going to do something, that's character. I'm going to follow up on this thing. Right? And notice that it's the people with character that usually get promoted. Because you don't have to be spiritual to know, oh, that guy shows up on time. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right? That's powerful. And why do we show up on time? Because we have character. Right? Because it matters to us to say, man, I need to be a person that shows up on time. Because sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is show up on time. Well, y'all getting quiet on me. A lot of Cape Verdeans in the room. <laughs> That's my people. We need Jesus more than the average people. But your character is the basis for your function. And then reproduction will be the natural result of all three. Right? You have a relationship with Jesus. You have character. Someone will find you attractive. Eventually. You know? And then if someone doesn't find you attractive, you can still make disciples. You can still... <laughs> You can always reproduce. There's no excuse. Okay? There's just no excuse. You can always reproduce in your life. Right? So, so I want to get practical tonight. This is the philosophy of it, but I want to get practical. I want to I unpack some things to help us. Okay? And, I, and I, this is summer school. This is your homework. Some of this stuff is homework. You got to really wrestle with this stuff. Because I don't care where you are in life right now. There's a purpose in you. So, so let's unpack some of this stuff. Write this stuff down and let's talk about it. Okay, number one, what do you love to do? Because usually what you love to do is what you will get up early to do it and stay late to do it. And with a mind that it's not a nine to five kind of a thing. I know a lot of artists in our church in all the different campuses. One of them wants to be a producer music producer, but he has, a, he has a family. And I tell him, listen, you love to produce music. Work your nine to five, but then go home and work on your calling. Don't say, oh, man, I got to work. Don't worry. If you love it, you'll put in the time for it. Right? What do you love to do? Right? The second thing is, what brings you pleasure and makes the world a better place? Because that might be part of your purpose. I'm looking at one of a young man who's about to open a barbershop. That's awesome. Right? That's a beautiful thing. He's going to do something he loves to do, and he's going to make the world a better place, give people better haircuts. And, and there's no better place to go than to actually have good conversations with people than the barbershop. One of the first people that preached the gospel to me was in the barbershop. I would sit there, and he would just do his thing. Right? And, and, and when I got saved, he was one of the first people I remember. I'm like, yo, he's been telling me all this stuff in the barbershop. And so many of my friends would tell you, oh, Sam, man, Sam is the dude that was planting the seeds in the barbershop. Because he understood, I'm cutting hair, but I have a purpose. Remember, we, we, we show you Susie that works in a hair salon. And her per- in there, she's working, but she's blessing people. Right? Number three is, if only is a killer of purpose. 
You know how many people are not doing anything because they are stuck on if? If only I had, you know, fill the blanks. I remember when I first got married, my wife could tell you this. You know, we had this conversation. I said, one thing we have to determine is no matter what happens, we're not going to live by what if. I say we'd rather go for it and find out what happens than to wonder what could have happened if we would have went for it. So many people get stuck on the what if, and they let fear paralyze them, as opposed to taking a step of faith and let your faith trump your fears. Right? Because you sit on what if at 20 years old, and then you're 25, and then you're 30, and then you're 45, wondering what if. And then you become Uncle Rico. <laughs> you know, always wanted to go back to high school. <laughs> but it's like, Uncle Rico, you're 45 now. Right? But even at 45, you know what's fascinating? Study scriptures. Some of the people discover their calling later in life. Moses was 80 years old when God called him. Abraham was so old that when God told him they're going to have a baby, he was like, nah. Talk about reproduction with no Viagra back then. Like, just want to make sure you're with me. Right? So, so that leads me to my last point, church. Purpose has nothing to do with money, age, color, neighborhoods, education, or social status. You got to drop those excuses. Every single one of those things are just, they're supposed to just be things you're supposed to subdue. Like, you might be the first person in your family to go to college. That's your calling. Subdue that thing. Break down that generation curse. You might be the first in your family to get married and stay married. Well, subdue that thing. Break. You might be the first one that your kids are going to see a father. Pre- well, break that thing. Don't make excuses for what you didn't have. Say, no, this is me. I'm going to start a new legacy. I'm going to start a new thing. You know? So, let me dig a little deeper here. If God answered all your prayers, how many people will be blessed? Because a lot of times I think we dream too small. Right? Because when I study scripture, he says, I bless you to be a blessing. It's always about somebody. Like, he's always blessing you to be somebody. Like, he didn't send me to the Bedford for me. He sent me to the Bedford to start a church that will bless many people. Right? That's the point. Right? I'm blown away that, that not just on Sundays, you know, every week over 3,000 people listens to a podcast on a weekly basis. 3,000 people. So the blessing keeps on giving when you just step out in faith and you just say, God, what do you want to do? Right? But it has to be bigger than you. When you read Purpose Driven Life, I hope you do. The first line in the book is, it's not about you. It's like, how does a book like that become the bestseller book in the world? Where everybody thinks it's about me. But something resonates and says, wait, I got to dream bigger. That's why I tell people, when you come to church, get involved. Why? Because you can become part of something bigger than yourself. If you just come into church for me, myself, and I, you're still thinking too small. Right? It's got to be bigger than that. Right? God's purpose is bigger than me. I want to show you this. Uh, 
we're going to wrap up here. And maybe with summer school, usually I do questions, Q&A at the end. That's what that number is for at the bottom there. If you guys want to text a question in, you can. Um, if you're wondering, that's not a hotline. Um, <laughs> you used to call me, uh, myself. Okay. Okay. That's his calling. Um, let's do our calling. I want to read a, a, a prayer to you that I love from Solomon. Solomon prayed this prayer in Psalm 72. It's not up there, so if you want to look it up, you have to go in your, in your Bibles. Uh, Psalm 72, I love this prayer that he prayed when he became the king. Look what he prayed. He said, listen, he said, give your love of justice to the king, O God, and righteousness to the king's son. Help him judge your people in the right way. Let the poor always be treated fairly. May the mountains yield prosperity for all. May the hills be fruitful. Help him to defend the poor, to rescue the children of the needy, and to crush their oppressors. I'm going to stop there. What I love about this prayer is he's saying, listen, okay, God, you made me king. Now empower me to do this thing the right way. Right? To care about the things you care about. A king is equivalent to a president in our, in our time. Right? That, man, what, a, what, a, what an amazing responsibility. Right? But all of us are kings and priests in our own right. So all of us should have this kind of prayer for our own house for where we work and our kids. It's like, God, now help me now to take care of this calling the right way. I love his heart because he's like, man, yeah, I'm here, but now how do I do this? That's going to help people. It's going to bless people. Our politicians need to pray this prayer. It's like, man, you were elected to help people. You're over here fighting with each other, bipartisan, and, and I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. I don't care about that stuff. You are a public servant. Did you know that back in the day they used to call public servants ministers? Right? Some, some countries still do that. Right? Why? Because you're supposed to be ministering to people. You're supposed to help people where you are. You know? This requires, my friends, a lot of reflection. This requires times to be still and to know God. To say, God, what, what do you need me to do? See, your purpose is never confined to how much money you have. Matter of fact... The goal to make money, to me, is a small goal. Because money is a resource. If, it, if it's not a resource, it becomes a God. Okay? And, and this is not about rich people. This is about anyone who gets caught up on just making money. Okay? Remember, we all need a job, but we don't have to worship money. Right? You don't have to not do something. I tell, again, I was talking to young people this week. I'm like, listen, don't do ministry based on if we had this or if we had that. Because your ministry will never be successful if you're just waiting on an external thing. Ministry comes from within. Right? And that's the driving force. Money just comes to help with your resource, what you're doing. Right? But money should never keep you from doing what you need to do. Anytime I hear people, the first thing when they... Thinking about doing something is how much it's going to cost. You already lost the focus. Right? Because, because we have a God that can, can, that can do miracles. Like, if you're with it, God will make a way. Right? I'm telling you, God will make a way. If he's in it, he's going to open doors for you. Right? So don't let money be the reason why you can't. And, and if only, he's a killer of purpose. Remember that. 
we are in New Bedford, right? Do you remember when we took an offering for the building that we bought? And then we had to sell it again. It made more money by selling it two months later. That to me was an incredible thing that God did. That in New Bedford, a place that is desolate in some areas, that's struggling, that, that we rose up and gave in one day $435,000. That's God. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.